When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we are live, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Wednesday Night Wrestling Inc. podcast. I am Alfred Kunwa, joined as always by the hardest working man in all of podcasting. His name is Matt Morgan. How you doing, Matt? Half asleep, but doing great. How are you guys? Doing great. We had a big show tonight. Uh, we're going to start with AEW Dynamite and the debut of Shaq with the owner of Wrestling Inc., Mr. Raj Giri. How's it going, guys? Good, good. Good to be alive. Uh, very newsworthy shows, it looks like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Dynamite was, I mean, that that first 75 to 80 minutes of Dynamite was just, a, I mean, it was just a breakneck pace that they were on. It was just nonstop. I mean, the, the way they were going in the next segment, it was so fast. It was so, uh, it, it, it felt like, um, like from another era, you know, where you had those just crazy shows that just moved so quickly. So I, I thought... Dynamite had, I thought it was one of their best shows that they've done. Uh, usually you want a little a little bit of breathing room, right, to digest what you just saw. But when you go, I, I'm right, I'm still watching a lot of the Attitude stuff, uh, Monday Night Raws from episode to episode to episode in its full entirety. And it was the same way. Mm-hmm. And it, it breaks everything I was ever taught of using the analogy of when you're wrestling in a ring, for example, to when you hit a big move, back off your opponent a little bit, let it, all the fans digest it, let them digest your character, your mannerisms and your expressions and your body language and get your character over now for a couple seconds, right? Same thing with the show's pacing. But in the Attitude Era, they kind of broke all of those that rule of thumb, and it worked because I don't forget what I watched from segment to segment. You know, from a Val Venus segment to a Road Warrior segment to DX to all these bang, bang, bang segments. And that's what it felt like tonight. I, I know people don't like comparisons to the Attitude Era, but the pacing of it felt like I saw important, 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 uh, like that. It was kind of stacked that way tonight. And I could not watch NXT to save my life. Like, I was trying. And, they, and dude, AEW was not letting you watch a single yeah, yeah. second. Yeah. During those 90 minutes, like they literally were reaching through the TV screen like, nope, nope, you're watching our shit. The only time I watched and, you know, that I could pay full attention to NXT tonight was L.A. Knight when he cut his promo outside That's, of that. Even that, I don't feel like I gave it enough. And I was so excited to hear him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that no, might have been was... one of the problems, though. There's so many non-wrestling segments on NXT that were going on the same time as something crazy on AEW. You know, they they started off with that Shaq match. They knew they were probably going to bring in some new fans watching. So I think they wanted to do that and, like, not give them a chance to turn away. And it, it was – I mean, it worked, yeah. It, it, you know, the only gripe I would say is that there was no Kenny Omega or John Moxley, even though that's the main event of the pay-per-view on Sunday. Oh, yeah. I mean, they did have that video package, which was – it was really good. But I just think instead of doing the Hangman Page, Matt Hardy – uh, you know, tag match at the end. Why not? Why not do something with Omega and Moxie? Unless there's a reason they couldn't be there, or one of them couldn't be there. Could be. 
No. Oh, Mox is in Japan, no? No, no, that match was uh that was taped I, that was taped in the US, but Yeah. Yeah. Is that why uh, that's why there was nobody in the arena? Right, yeah. I watched it and I was like in Japan I thought they're bringing their fans back in, but I noticed nobody was in there. So that's yeah. why. Yeah. Okay. You know, that is a great point. I didn't even, I mean, so much happened that I, I didn't even stop to think that they weren't there live. I, I know that they're going into that AEW dark or, I mean, the road to revolution. So maybe they're going to have something really big in terms of how they're going to promote that match. But a very odd choice not to have your main event on the go-home show, as big as this show was. Yeah. But it, it was an excellent show. Again, I thought it was one of their one of their best. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Uh, so we'll, we'll get right into Dynamite. Uh, started off with the bang. Cody Rhodes and Red Velvet uh, with Arn Anderson in their corner. Again, Shaq and Jade Cargill. Char- J- Jade Cargill comes out just looking like a million bucks. I mean, she looks like a, a future superstar. Um, you know, Shaq is, is gigantic. He looked, you know, like 10 feet tall in there. Um, Cody, you know, Cody and Red Velvet. Red Velvet has a good presence, too. Yeah, she um, does. So, yeah, they... Uh, you know this this match was way better than it should have been. You know, considering that Jade Cargill and Shaq have never wrestled on national television, <laughs> and Red Velvet's only had three matches on national television as far as Dynamite right. goes. I mean, she's had a lot of matches on Dark. So I mean, this was. I mean, they they went for it in this match. There was a there was a, a spot where um, there was a spot where uh, near the finish of the match where they had two tables set up. Uh, and gosh, I forgot how they set it up, Alfred. Maybe you can help me out. It was Jade Cargill set one of them up, and I think a Red Velvet set the other one up right next to it. Right, but how they went through, like what caused Cody and Shaq to go through? Like, oh, Cody jumped on Shaq. It was like a cross body, and they both uh, yes, uh, went right. through it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So uh, really good stuff. At the end, we saw uh, uh, Velvet hit a spear. Only got a two count. Two count. There were a couple of pile driver reversals. Cargo blocked the punch, lift, and drove Red Velvet face first into the mat to get the three. They sold Shaq like he was dead outside after that table spot. I mean, he was, I and mean, he did a great job selling like he was dead. He was not moving. Uh, they did a, a stretcher job with him, uh, which was kind of cool. But then, then it was kind of weird. They they put him in an ambulance and they were checking on him. They opened it and he wasn't in there. So I, I, I couldn't tell if that was a tease that he was going to be back later in the night, but. Uh, all in all, really good stuff. Uh, Matt, what do you think? I mean, you were saying earlier um, about setting the tables up. I may have taken my eyes off this for one second here. Did you say the two girls set the tables up? Yeah. Yes. So, like, that that's something right away that they should not be putting those girls in that situation yet or anybody in that situation just yeah i know it sounds simple how hard is it to set up a table it isn't it isn't that simple actually and it's nerve-wracking um i'll give you an example same with a chair shot my first time hitting anybody with a chair was i was supposed to hit big show ironically we're talking about it before the show um i had to hit him with a chair shot when i was bodyguarding carlito if you go back and watch it it was on smackdown and i had the chair upside frigging down like not even holding the legs guys i'm holding like the top part of the chair like what the hell was i thinking because i got nervous um and i never had experiences of doing it as simple as it sounds and i've watched it a million times these girls have probably seen it a million times too with tables being set up but 
Luckily, nothing bad happened, but that's asking a lot of them. Uh, very be, being very inexperienced, greener than goose shit. Still, you got to be very careful with not trying to expose people to things that could have gotten somebody else injured. Quite frankly, um, but luckily it, it panned out. And, and to your point, they did have um, <clears throat> they did have QT Marshall out there who was actually helping uh, Red Velvet set up one of those tables because I think they were having. I don't know if they're going a little slow with setting them up, but but yeah, um, yeah. As you pointed out, it's not uh, it's not as easy as it looks to do it and do it quickly, no, especially the first time you're doing it. Yeah, yeah. You know, the the only problem I had with this match, the one spot I had was with the most experienced guy in the match was Cody taking that giant power bomb from Shaq, and he was up like three or four seconds later and and body slammed yeah. Shaq. I mean, that was a huge, yeah. you know, yeah. power you know power slam. I mean, not okay. a power slam, power bomb. So two things. One, that should have been a finish, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, two, I don't buy Cody body slamming Shaq. I'm sorry. Cody's not a body guy. When Hulk Hogan slammed Andre, it made sense. Hogan was a body right. guy. Big, strong. He's always talking about his 24-inch Python's brother. Right. It made sense. He sucked people's energy in to get stronger, kind of like Warrior used to do. It made sense. Cody's a skinny ass dude? No. Right. No. Yeah, you never saw Bret Hart slamming Yokozuna. You know? it, it wouldn't work. It, it's right. not part of, you know what I mean? I'm right. not crapping on him for it, but just, it, was a, it was tough for me to suspend, suspend my disbelief for it. But yeah. we're judging this, uh, uh, Alfred, from the lens of this should have been a real shit show. This should have yeah. been a complete debacle. Right. <laughs> and it wasn't. It, they did an amazing job with this. This served its purpose, big time. Yeah. This really was excellent. I mean, again, to Matt's point, I had a pretty low bar for this match. I expected them to use smoke and mirrors and make it into something of a good wrestling match, but this was good on its own merit. I really liked Shaq's performance. Like, you never know what you're going to get out of Shaq. I thought that there was a chance that he might be a little bit too much of a cartoon or not take it as seriously, but he was selling. His facials were great. I thought he was just, he looked like an actual killer. I want to see more of him in a pro wrestling ring. And I just thought this match was really good. Everybody did a great job. And in terms of Jade Cargill, like, she doesn't even have to be good in terms of a wrestler no. in order to no. be a big stripper. She just has to be okay. And yes. this, if this is her debut, I mean, the sky's the limit in terms of not only being this great presence, which is how they're going to make their money off her, but a very good wrestler. I mean, this is a, a very good performance from Jade Cargill, I thought. WWE messed out with her, boy. Big Yeah, I mean, they were trying to get her. It, it wasn't... You know, I've should have signed her. Should have signed her. I think she just had a better offer from AEW. Wow. Um, sorry guys, one second. Um, some sad news. Um, I don't know. I just got it verified. Uh, Jim Jim Crockett Jr. Uh, passed away. Oh. Uh, Crockett Promotions. Uh, he was really sick. Um, and yeah, he. Passed away. We'll have more on Wrestling Inc. But I mean, obviously, the, the face of wrestling as we know it is influenced by Jim Crockett. Yeah, no question, no doubt. Our condolences to their family. Obviously, that's terrible. Hundred percent. R.I.P. Yeah. Uh, Jody Shauna Jenkins with the five dollar Canadian super chat saying a uh, couple quick things. I guess we know where Sean Spears has been. He was being trained on camera use. Also, <laughs> I'm all in on Max Caster and singles. <laughs> Did, did I miss something on why um, Anthony Bowens wasn't out there? 
No, I don't think I heard an excuse as to why I wasn't out there. It was just Max Caster. Um, yeah. I know they were doing a one-on-one match, but you'd expect him to at least second Max Caster. But it, there was no mention of him, I don't think. Yeah, because they had um, um, who who interviewed at the end, and it wasn't uh, it wasn't his partner. It wasn't Bones. Um, anyway, we'll get to that. It, yeah. Uh, Kronoshaw uh, saying uh, R.I.P. Jim Crockett Jr. Um, uh, Ryan W. saying, must see TV was AEW yes. Dynamite tonight. Bravo. Yeah. Yeah, it was, a, again, one of their best episodes, I thought. Uh, Stellar Justin Lopez saying, I only cared about the women's tag team title match on NXT, but they brought out Paul White and I couldn't pay full attention. Oh, they brought out Paul White and couldn't pay full attention to the, the to NXT. Well done by AEW. Yeah, as somebody who has to watch every segment of NXT for this show, I have to admit it was kind of a challenge for me to keep my full attention on NXT. I did it, but it was very hard. That's how good AEW was tonight. It is. And chat rumors, try to keep up with where we're at on the show if you can, if that's possible with your chats. If you could, please. Yeah. Uh, JJ Smith saying, all right, <clears throat> Jim Crockett. By the way, AEW has a revolution one-hour countdown special airing on TNT right now for extra build. Those yeah. countdown specials are always really good. Yeah, they are. And finally, Justin Lopez saying, I was sports entertained by this. Shaq put in a lot of effort, even though in his promos, he looked like he didn't take it seriously. I'm sold on Jade. I would hope you're sold on Jade. Jade's the most viable male or female I've seen quite some time. That's not hyperbole. Yeah. Um, So up next, um, they went back, as we mentioned, and... Tony said he saw Shaq late loaded in the ambulance. They opened the doors. He wasn't in there, and they didn't know where he went. Uh, after that, we had Ray Phoenix and Pack against John Schuyler in D3. Uh, this was I – don't, I don't know if the main event went a little long because this was super short, real yeah. quick squash match. Pack nailed a 450. Phoenix tagged in, lifted Schuyler, knee to the face, and finished him with the package, cut, uh, with the package cutter. So this is what's happened, Raj. You've been conditioned now to top stars on AEW not jobbing out jobbers when they're supposed to do so um, and carrying on for 10-minute matches when they should be 10-second matches. I like this being short. This was like what it needed to be. Especially not, considering all the craziness we saw on the show and how crazy that first segment was, they needed a come down. So, I mean, if you could just think if – Pac and Phoenix would have just had a normal match. There may have been no resting in terms of going through this show. Like, that. that's not what needed to happen. I'm glad they just kind of brought it down with a quick squash match. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just saying, you, usually it's surprising because AEW doesn't do matches that short. So Yeah. No. So, but, and yeah, I, I agree. I liked it. bad they don't do that, by the way. Yeah. So, um, yeah, a quick match. And then we went to a... MJF and Chris Jericho inner circle press conference. Uh, Dasha yeah. was the moderator. Um, the first question you you couldn't hear what was asked. It was somebody from Bar School Sports, um, and he said that it's been a year since he, Jericho said it's been a year since he lost the AW World Championship. So it's about time he becomes champion again. It's yada yada yada. He, Eric Bischoff was one of the guys uh, in the crowd asking a question. He asked about uh, the Young Bucks dad. He said if they knew the condition of Papa. Papa Buck, uh, MJF went off, said they didn't care. Uh, he taught them, you know, everything they need. Uh, just basically ripped on them. And then the Young Bucks music hit. Uh, they came to the stage, weren't pleased. Uh, they talked about what their dad did for him, said he was the best father in the world, taught him about, you know, faith and being a good person. 
and uh, they said they taught him all the things that MJF and Chris's father clearly didn't. And then we went to a big brawl, um, and at the end, uh, the Young Bucks put uh, they put a couple of inner circle guys through tables. So I mean, it was a, it was a wild brawl, and yeah, your, your guys' thoughts. <laughs> right. Um, that <laughs> I told you, I'm not good at the play-by-play. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, I did it. Good. He's doing well. I'm sorry. Um, um, all right. I like. I Don't like worry, guys. Buck. Alfred will be doing the NXT play-by-play. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was good. Yeah. No, that was good. It's just. Um, I like the Bucks making it real, talking about legit. I, I know yeah. them, and what they said about their dad's 100% true. Um, that's how they feel about him, so it wasn't a work, right? Anytime you have opportunities placed in reality, we always say we like it. That's what they did here. At first, I wasn't a fan of them jumping Papa Buck. I'm like, do the fans really care? Yeah, I think so. And I think more importantly, whether the fans care or not, it doesn't matter. It's the fact that the Bucks care. They should be pissed. So now mm-hmm. we have Bucks being put in a position in which they've got to really emote. And I thought they did a good job of that tonight. I liked it. I absolutely loved their promo on their dad. This is a, such a great promo. And my yes. only thing is I would have liked this promo to come before they beat up the Young Bucks dad. Because when they did, when so, we were reviewing it, I felt nothing for that. But if I would have right. really – I mean, I'm familiar with the Young Bucks story. But if they would have cut this promo to where people are now familiar and invested with what he means yes. to them and how good of a dad he is because they did a great job displaying that, I mean, then you would have felt much worse when they beat up his You're right. dad. You're right, Alfred. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's kind of catering to people that all you know that would already know as opposed to again trying to get that wider audience. But yeah. still um outside of the, the Q and A part, I thought this segment was well done. There was a line that got a lot of people talking where uh Matt Jackson said and uh he goes, And Chris, let's be speaking to Jericho, he said, And Chris, let's be honest, man, what you what would you be doing if there was no AEW? Oh, I know, you'd probably be jerking the curtain tonight at the performance center. They did say that. <laughs> Got him good. Yeah, taking some shots. Cody taking some <laughs> shots at uh NXT earlier tonight during the media call. Um so, I yeah. don't know why though he think Chris Jericho, a Hall of Famer, would be jerking the curtain for NXT, though. That makes no sense. But Definitely went for the gusto on that. Definitely, you know, went for the jugular. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, Alfred, we got a special sponsor tonight coming back after a while. 100% we do. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Now listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. If you could benefit from more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Blue Chew is prescribed by online, by licensed physicians, so you don't have to go to the doctor's office or wait in line at the pharmacy, and it ships right to your door in discreet packaging. Now, they're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy, no awkwardness, and you don't have to leave the house. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com 
and get your first shipment free when you use a special promo code W-I-N-C. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's blue. B-L-U-E 2.com promo code W-I-N-C to try it. What? Free. So that's to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper choice. And we thank them for sponsoring this podcast. So remember, when you support our sponsors, you help make this podcast possible. So please be sure to use our promo code W-I-N-C at BlueChew.com. Now, I've never tried BlueChew before, I have to admit. But I know people throughout the business who have. I've heard nothing but good things about BlueChew. We've had a lot of people. We've had Bluetooth on before. I've tried it before. We've had a lot of people uh, on the podcast. Our listeners try it before. And uh, they become regular subscribers. And again, you know, if you want to make date night a little extra special, try it out. It's free. you got nothing to lose. Uh, so definitely check it out. Bluetooth.com. Uh, uh, promo code W-I-N-C. So back to Dynamite. Um yeah, so uh, your so Alfred, your thoughts on uh, that shot that they took at Jericho in the Performance Center? I mean, that was a little weird. Uh, obviously, they're just doing that as part of the feud. I mean, I, I don't want to read too much into it that they're serious that that's actually what Jericho would be doing. But you never know. I mean, the way WWE treats its quote unquote legends or Hall of Famers, sometimes, like in the case of the Goldberg, they're going to be like main eventers and position well. But if you saw that Legends night, a lot of these legends they kind of treat like dirt. And uh, you know, Jericho has been pretty low ranking in uh, WWE in terms of when he's uh, you know been in WWE in recent years. He, yeah, I mean, he wouldn't be in NXT unless he was no, not special appearance. Not. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, uh, up next, they had a recap. Uh, they showed a video of a feud, the feud between Kenny Omega and John Moxley. Uh, they did a, grid, a great job uh, showing the explosive, exploding barbed wire death match between Terry Funk and, and Onita. And Onita was actually on here. And so uh, I thought that was really cool because... For fans that aren't hardcore fans from the 80s, they wouldn't, you know, this is the first time ever hearing of this this stipulation. So they did a really good job of selling uh, just how chaotic this match could be. And yeah, explaining that the, the ropes are replaced by barbed wire and there's explosives all over the place. So, um, yeah, I thought it was a, a, a good promo. But again, I thought it was weird that uh, neither guy was on the show tonight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is exactly what this match needed uh, because they've just been saying exploding barbed wire like everybody's supposed to know what it means. I mean, there are people who watch wrestling regularly who are not familiar with this match type. So I'm glad that they had the actual footage from, I believe it was FMW. Uh, but it was really well done in terms of explaining what is in store for this weekend. Yeah. Uh, Matt? Uh, just, it, it, yeah. Yeah, this, this is a little bit for me, though. And again, the bar is very high here when I'm saying this. I hope we get this and understand this. But this is what I did get my eyes a little bit over on NXT a little bit. Um, but because we have to cover it. Do you know what I mean? So, like, I had to pick and choose moments when to get over there. Um, but uh, this was this was, this was was what it was. This is this was good. Yeah. Um. We got J.J. Smith with the $20 Super Chat. Wow, thanks, J.J. Hey! Um, he said, the major signing, I think AEW pulled a coup and signed Christian along with Paul White. There was no news that he signed the contract offer from WWE Rumble Week. He's been silent on Twitter since February 1st, and Mox wants him in AEW. Now, the word I did check on that, I did get word that Christian did sign his WWE contract. Of course he did. He wants to be in the Hall of Fame. 
he will be in the Hall of Fame, both as a tag and as a single, eventually. Um, and Edge is there. His best friend is there. He's There's so much why he's back specifically with WWE. He's left WWE and made a name for himself as a singles act big time with TNA. I was there when he debuted. He was a very big deal there. Huge. Um, so the, he, he's already sowed his royal oat, so to speak, uh, outside of WWE. He has no reason to go to AEW unless he's just looking for a uh, payday. But he was smart with his money over the years and made a boatload of it. Yeah. No uh, reason Gil- for him to go there. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, Gil Gonzalez with the Super Chat saying, Hey, guys, thanks for another great podcast. AEW is such a breath of fresh air each week for me and a good break from WWE. Yeah, it's better than WWE. No offense. <laughs> uh, I am error with the five dollar super chat saying I got a tingle whenever exploding barbed wire death match was said. I'm not a big hardcore fan, but this got me hyped. Well, that's good. Did you really get a tingle though? A tingle? It, well, really, was it a tingle though? <laughs> you might need some blue chew if that's yeah. It. If it's only a tingle, a little blue chew will help that go all the way up. <laughs> yeah, it'll be more than a tingle code. of blue chew. <laughs> Might last a little longer than you want, but you know. <laughs> so next up, we had FTR and Tully Blanchard with JJ Dillon versus the Jurassic Express. Tully Blanchard's first match in 14 years. Um, you know, he didn't do too much, but he did get physical. Uh, he took a couple bumps. There was one spot where he was acting like he was going to do a dive outside of the ring, uh, but instead he did his famous Tully strut. Perfect. Uh, yeah, no, Love I thought that was great. <laughs> Um, your thoughts where on did, Tully, your thoughts on Tully on this match? I mean, we know that Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus and, and where did you, more, but you were just glancing right over JJ Dillon though. Oh yeah, yeah. Where did just, that come from? It, it was random. They, yeah, they, he's it, just it, back. It was so they could so, do that horseman thing. At, yeah, at the end. that uh, there might be something to that. I don't know if they're going to go long term with that, but it looked like they were teasing a new stable. You can't do the horse. You, you can't do any horseman thing without Ric Flair. Uh. Mm-hmm. You could call it something no, else. But there's something, but there's something to be said to have two, two fourths of the group. And when you really break it down, yeah, okay, Flair was the face of it, no question. But the tag team of Tarn and you know, Tarn. I'm making names up. Names <laughs> Tully and Arn. You know, that's a big deal too, though, right? So I like this obviously for a lot of different reasons. I popped huge when Tully did that, though. I thought that was awesome. Yeah. Um, it's was good. He looked good. Yeah. yeah, no, he he looked like he was having fun. It brought back old memories for me, so I thought it was pretty cool. Me and too. The finish of the match, the FTR. So they were outside of the ring, uh, and a masked man interfered, and that allowed FTR to get uh, a Luchasaurus up in the spike pile driver. Tully delivered it, and Tully pinned pinned Luchasaurus. It's fine by me. That was a believable finish. I don't care how old you are, if you're dropped on your head. And a spike pile driver, that is a believable finish. So, like, the person, I could tag the person in the front row as a fan to come into the ring and make that pin, and it's believable. You're knocked out. You have a concussion. Your neck is jammed up. You're knocked out. Like, there's no coming back from that. It's a believable finisher. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. I, I was actually going to ask you, how do you do it? Do you, I mean, you ha- it seems like you have to do it with uh, kitty gloves because if you do put yes. much pressure on it, you could cause it to you're go pantomiming. Yeah, you're pantomiming. You're just touching hmm. the tops of your shoes. That's about it. And then the guy who pile drives you, 
does not let your head touch the mat, obviously. The last second they close their legs together and their head essentially is bouncing into the dude's nuts, if I'm being honest, and quads. <laughs> and takes the bounce there. But still, I don't like it because you're still upside down. And even – let's see if this works. Um, where's the camera? All right, so here's the dude's legs. I'm trying my best here, folks. Pile driver, it looks like this, right? Boom, right? Or boom, right? Legs close at the last second. You can see my fingers. Head hits here. But still, in that fashion, you're still jamming your neck up a little bit, I will argue, for injury purposes. That could still happen. But it's safe. And a big part of it is you hold the dude. If I'm giving the power driver to you, Rush, I'm really holding you tight here in a bear hug position and really absorbing a lot of it up here and trying to keep your head from the weight really distributing on your head and neck on my quads and on my ball, so to speak. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Some people are asking about the horseman trademark. Yeah. uh, It was uh, Arn Anderson did file for that uh, in October last year. So. I mean, Um, no, no flair was in it longer. What was I going to, what am I even thinking? Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, it would be a mistake to call these guys the horsemen. I mean, you don't want that mantle on this group. No. So, I mean, I don't know how they would use it, but it better not be to name these guys. Yeah. I mean, if you had Cody in as the fourth, I mean, it would not – in Ric Flair's spot, uh, no Mm. way. Um, Cody's still figuring his identity out, I realized again tonight. He's still figuring out his identity. He cuts these great promos. Mm-hmm. But he's trying to be too many things to too many people. Yeah. So Ric Flair, we had Ric Flair on the Wrestling Inc. Pod, uh, the Wrestling Inc. Daily a couple weeks ago. He talked about why he doesn't keep in touch with Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard or any of the horsemen anymore. And he talked about how they didn't reach out to him after his son Reed died. It really upset him and hasn't uh, kept in touch. So, so he would never do a horseman reunion. So you can count Flair out. Um. So after he the said, match, the he match- said Arn Anderson didn't reach out to him. Yeah, it wasn't Arn working for WWE. I mean, I'd have to imagine. Yeah, he'd have to see him in the hallway eventually. I don't think he was. Wasn't he in TNA when that happened? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He Reed, was. Was gonna, Reed, Reed was about to start up with us actually. Oh yeah. So. Hmm. Yeah. That uh-huh. sucks. That, that sucks. Suck. You hate hearing stuff like that. Me, me too. Uh, after the match, the masked man was revealed to be Sean Spears, who now has blonde hair. He hasn't been on TV since December. He hugged the group, and Arn Anderson came out from the entrance tunnel and flashed a Four Horsemen sign. Awesome. Awesome all the way around. Sean Spears is a freaking awesome fit for this, by the way. Mm-hmm. He is, and I mean, it's one of these fool me one things with Sean Spears. I hope he's back to stay, but this guy's becoming the master of the big-time comeback because, like, he comes and he hits Cody, and then he goes away for a while. He had that news thing going. He goes away. He comes back with a glove gimmick, and then he goes away. Now he's back with blonde hair. At some point, he's going to have to stay around, and they're gonna. it's on them, too, to make sure that they continue fault. to follow up on Sean Spears yes. because I'm tired of all these promising comebacks leading to nothing. He can't write his own stuff, Alfred. He can't no, like, yeah. take the pen out of the young buck's hands and say, hey, write this in. You know, it's on them. That's their right. fault for terrible storytelling. And they should have gotten so much more mileage out of what he did to Cody. He had his a dope. He has the one of the dopest uh, music entrances, I think, in wrestling. Oh, yeah. I love that song. Um, I loved his chairman thing for a while at the beginning of it. 
um, that he was doing, the pairing with Tully, it was perfect. The glove stuff was a little corny for what it's worth, but they didn't follow up on it. He was on dark and he, then he disappeared. And then that's their fault, not his. That's my frustration. I've liked everything they've had for Sean Spears when it comes to every time he comes back, it's like, okay, this could work. And then you never get to see it through. Yeah. 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 They've, uh, and that's the problem when you have so many guys under contract and, you know, so only so much TV time, like Christopher Daniels and Kazarian that one week, it's been probably like a month and a half where they said, if they lose again, uh, they're going to split up. And I don't think they've wrestled on TV since, uh, at least on (laughs) Dynamite. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So I mean, yeah, they're they're just loaded. Scorpio Sky, the, you know, he was on commentary tonight, but uh, they just have a ton of talent. Um, so up next, we had Paul White come out. He had a, a No More BS uh, T-shirt on, which obviously stands for No More Big Show, uh, which is cute, I guess. Um, yeah. So he talked about the new AEW show, AEW Dark Elevation, which is going to be Mondays at seven p.m. on AEW's YouTube starting March fifteenth. And then he said he has a big scoop. And he says it's huge. And he said this Sunday at Revolution, a Hall of Fame, a major Hall of Fame worthy talent has been signed. And it's not who you think. Well, I don't know who the hell he thought I thought to begin with. Yeah. How does he know how I'm thinking? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I mean, who could it be? You know, if it's Hall of Fame worthy, that eliminates hall of famers and then that right. you know eliminates people that are newer like i know some people saying zelina vega i think calling her hall of fame worthy at this point would be no. i love her to pieces but yeah, come on she's very talented yeah. but come on same thing as tessa um, blanchard i'm a big huge fan but she's not there no. yet. no no why are you naming women what about men is there any men wrestlers so, so christian was one mentioned but it's not christian like i no. mentioned he is under contract um Close. You know, you get the usual Brock Lesnar, CM Punk. I don't see that, but Ryback is not now, Hall of Fame. Okay, he said Hall of Fame worthy. He didn't say wrestling Hall of Fame worthy. Do you think it's like a Charles Barkley, somebody from uh, the, the outside <laughs> world? What if it's like a NBA Hall of Famer? I'm just thinking outside the box here. If it's no, not no, who no. we think it is, yeah. yeah, or Shaq came out of the ambulance yeah. and signed a contract. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a Hall of Famer. They're actually he's, Hall of yeah, Famers. He's a legit, not Hall they of are legit. You're right. Yeah. Well, hang on. I want to think about this. I know. Uh, Car- Carlito. I don't think so. Carlito did not end up signing with WWE. But no. Because it has oh, to be wait. big enough to. It could be Carlito then, right? I don't think Carlito's big enough. <sighs> yeah, I don't think you say Hall but, of Fame well, worthy if it's Carlito. With all due respect say, to him, you can get away with saying Hall of Fame worthy and just saying that's my opinion. Yeah, but then you're kind of trolling in terms of like oh, credibility yeah. with the audience. It's big show. No I offense. Mean, Tony like, Khan did tease that one episode of Dynamite a huge surprise or something, you know, and uh it ended up being packed and then, you know, later yes. he said he just meant in general, you know, the wrestling world is changing, but um I don't know. Uh Ryback's an interesting one. We haven't been able to do the show hmm. in a few weeks. So. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> um, I don't know who else. Uh, Jax Callen saying, who do you think? I think he meant Lesnar or Punk. Yeah, the I thing mean, about CM Punk only would make, because I think whoever they introduce is going to be a member of that announce team. And I could see CM Punk doing something like that, signing on to be an announcer. 
But they Wait, why does it have to be part of their announce team? It doesn't have to be, but I could see that being like whoever they oh. get might be somebody that they see as another member. That might be the announcement. Ladies and gentlemen, he just signed with AEW or she, uh, the third member of our booth, and it's the person. That would be what overkill about, having two wrestlers. In wait, wait, wait. What, what about what's her name? Johnny, John Moxley's wife. Is she still with WWE? No, she's not. Renee Young? What about Renee she can't be an announcer? I mean, if they're if they're hyping an announcer, I think that would be pretty weak. No, yeah, okay. she's pretty far okay. along. Okay. Yeah. I don't know who this is. This is intriguing. Me. Yeah, bothers me. They've done a good job then. Yeah. And I was at first I was thinking like Trish Stratus, Lita, but they're all in the Hall of Fame. Uh, what does that say though? Really quick, can we just touch on this? What does that say that Big Show was supposed to be this huge deal, and he comes here bearing a, a big surprise? It already tells you he's not going to do much for this show. No offense. <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll well, unless what she says comes through. Right, Kronishaw saying the surprise Sunday is Paul White himself. <laughs> well, um. King Rail, the $10 super chat, saying if Christian be- signed, do you see Christian costing Edge at Mania to start a feud or them going on a tag team run after Mania? Last question, if tag team, what brand? And thank you for your time, big fan. All right, real quick, doesn't matter what brand. The tag team division is dead in WWE. Let's just be honest. Um, but I can see that, yeah? I can see two best friends wanting to finish their career together. Absolutely. Um, doing something together somewhere down the road. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, if the plan is to have Edge versus Christian, I really hope they at least have a run with Edge and Christian first because I want to see Edge and Christian versus the Usos. I want to see Edge and Christian versus the New Day. Like, there yes. are a couple marquee matches they could make before sure. splitting those two guys up with some kind of feud. And I'm not saying they have to wrestle against each other. They will do something together is what I'm saying. One yeah, way or the other. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, th- I'll put a couple more of these. James Pot saying hey! Pat McAfee. <laughs> so I don't know if you saw this earlier, Matt, but uh, during Cody's media call, he said he, he Pat McAfee had kind of made a joke about Shaq wrestling. Just basically said that he, it's he, it won't be as good as his match, and it wasn't. Pat McAfee's was a singles. I mean, his was amazing. Really, uh, not taking away, anything away from the Shaq match. That was really good too. But Cody on media call today said Pat McAfee calls AEW every other day, um, trying to trying to get a job. So I, I think he might have been kidding. I don't know. He never said he was kidding. He said it. If he was, that. he was being super dry. What's... I don't believe that. I, I mean, maybe he called him a couple times or whatever just to see what's out there. But settle down, Cody. Pat Pat McAfee is a is a big is a big deal. He's a big star. You know. Yeah. And try to chump him like that, but whatever. Yeah, McAfee did issue a, a video later saying uh, he denied it, but he didn't say he's never contacted AEW. But he did. I'm deny sure it he has. You have to call the competition. There's only one other place to go for competition as far as money goes. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? That's like the Bronx. Like, if there's two NFL teams, right? And like, it's the Giants and Cowboys. You get cut from the Giants, or you quit the Giants, or the Giants don't want to start you. Whatever the situation is, of course you're calling the Cowboys. You say, hey, I want to go play here. Like, would the Cowboys make a press release and say, hey, guess who's – you know. Yeah. yeah the, fact that the fact that it's out there is good news for Pat McAfee because it just kind of ups his buying power that he might go to the other side, especially if you watch tonight. Brandon Walker was one of the guys from Barstool who asked a question on this show. It wasn't even two weeks ago. He was on NXT television. So, like, that going back and forth, I'm not sure is something WWE wants to make a habit out of. Yeah. 
Uh, a couple others. This one's interesting. Trevor Snook saying RVD. Oh, maybe. that oh, is I can see that. I can that's see that. a good call. Okay, yeah. that's not a really good call so far. That's the best one so far. Same thing. JJ Smith, $5 yeah. super chat. Rob Van Dam. Uh, Chris Pantaleo with the $1.99 super chat saying maybe Mauro Ronaldo for a three-man group. I just don't think it's an announcer. No. Same thing. A lot of RVDs out there. Justin Stellar, Justin yes. Lopez, RVD. He's not in the Hall of Fame. But yeah, and they said... Hall of Fame worthy, not yeah. in the Hall of Fame. That'd be, and he's not under contract with Impact, so. I don't think that's a letdown. RV. Me neither. I think that'd be a really good one. Yeah, me too. A couple others saying Okada. Okada's under contract with New Japan. Ooh. And we'll just leave it at that. Cena, no way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so no. up next, we had, uh, I, I, I thought, uh, so up next, we had Nyla Rose versus uh, Ryu, Ryu Mizunami for the AEW Women's World Championship Eliminator, Eliminator mm-hmm. Tournament Finals. And I was kind of surprised at this one. Ryu uh, Mizunami getting the win by pinfall, and she will face Hikaru Shida at Revolution. After the match, Shida handed Mizunami the trophy and offered her hand um, to shake. Ryu hit her with a forearm, uh, forearm shot. They fought for a bit, and they smiled, and Shida held up the title. So that's your match. Ryu Mizunami versus Hikaru Shida at Revolution. And I guess they have done Shida versus um, Nyla Rose a lot. So. They have. They, they, they have, but I still I still think they dropped the ball with her immensely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> with Nyla Rose, she should still be the champion in that damn division, just undefeated. You know, it, it makes such a fate. It'd be such a completely different division if she was still champion and undefeated right now. But we know Kenny Omega likes his Joshi wrestling. Yeah, they even ignored largely the return of Vicky Guerrero, which I thought, like, now that Vicky's back, Nyla can go in that tournament. They could heat her right back up, and I was shocked. Right? legitimately shocked when they counted three for Nyla. It seemed like a mistake, but it wasn't. I will say I loved Rio Mizunami. I thought she was like a breath of fresh air to watch in the ring. She was very playful and maybe more so than I'd like in a match with Nyla Rose, but I really did like her. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be honest. She did nothing for me. Um, David Draper with the $5 super chat saying all the guys jumping from WWE to AEW. Do you guys ever see it going the other way? AEW guys jumping to WWE. Monday Night War vibes, LOL, for sure. I mean, these mm-hmm. guys sound multi-year contracts. So in a couple of years, when those contracts are coming up, uh, for Absolutely. sure. Yep. And if you look at what AEW is spending on all these big stars right now, from a financial standpoint, they're not going to be able to hold on to everybody. And from just a talent uh, morale standpoint, people are going to start getting pissed if they're not getting their shot because Sting has to do another Stinger Splash. Yeah, you know, they're, they're in a honeymoon phase still. At some point, you're going to have talent disgruntled you know over not being featured and it just it just happens that's wrestling and you only have so much tv time uh up next we had sting for an interview with tony shivani plugging a sunday street fight this was uh the most active sting has been uh ricky starks came in said sting needs to pump his brakes said he doesn't respect him and then slapped him uh sting hit him with a big close uh clothesline hit the stinger splash in the corner and then applied the scorpion deathlock uh, he kind of was losing grip of it, kind of lost it, but Will Hobbs and Hook uh, entered the ring. Uh, Sting fought him off. Brian Cage came in from behind, swung away at Sting. He was going for another power bomb. Darby Allen's music hit. He locked in a choke on Cage. Uh, and while Brian was trying to fight uh, Darby Allen off the corner, Sting hit him with a stinger splash to the back. And then Allen hit his uh, shotgun drop kick. 
and off the top rope and then team Taz bailed to the back. Now you think this is WWE booking where since they got the better of it, uh, Sting and Darby Allen got the better of it, that team Taz wins. No. Yeah. No. You can't, you can't beat Sting in this day. No. match. Right. You can't. And, uh, I'll be honest, like this didn't do much. I, I I've seen so much of this already. Yeah. If that makes sense. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I was hoping yeah. if there was something to cool off here going into the pay per view for, for in favor of Omega and finding room for Omega and let's say John Moxley on television this week, this would have been it for me. Mm-hmm. This feels like this match should have happened like three or four weeks ago, and they've just been like trying to find a way to do something because their pay per view is still coming up. But you know, we've been in a couple of Hotel California type phases where they're just doing the same thing every week, and this week's segment felt like last week's segment, even though there was a lot of action. I'm just ready to see this match already, so they can yeah. just move yes. past it. Because usually you do this kind of stuff for four weeks and then get to the match. It's been like eleven or twelve. Yeah. So, um, but Sting Sting looked good. Uh, Jax Callen saying, uh, some sites say RVD, he's in talks with WWE to do a documentary and a book, so I don't know how credible those sources are. So I'll see. They are going to have that Icon series. He's going to be one of the people featured on WWE Icon, so that yeah. would be a little awkward if he signed with AEW and you know that aired. Right, yeah, totally. Uh, Demon Diva saying, you can totally beat Sting on his debut, asked WWE. <laughs> 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 That is true. Uh, 10 versus Max Caster. We talked about this a little bit earlier uh, for a qualifier for the face of the ladder match. Uh, this <clears> Sunday, <throat> uh, little Brody was in 10's corner. I was kind of surprised with this one, too. So Caster did a a, a, a rap uh, coming to the ring, made reference to Lady Gaga's uh, dog walker being Fire. Shot. Fire, but the guy's still in critical condition. Um, oh, well. <laughs> yeah. In hip-hop, there's no rules in hip-hop. <laughs> Um, but <laughs> Caster's got he's got he's got it he's got a superstar uh, potential yep. and then at the end I, I mentioned yeah, Jack Evans came out from under the ring hit 10 with Caster's boombox and Caster went you know Caster got the pin so he won by a pinfall to advance to the match why did Jack Evans do this though I didn't understand that I didn't get that either I, th- that's where I was saying I would have thought it would have been uh, uh, Bowens yeah yeah, yeah, that was a very weird finish that they kind of rushed off of this. Yeah, but um, served its purpose again, right? Yeah, okay, so they did after the match, Matt Hardy came and paid Evans $4,200. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's like so much happened on this show, I'm yeah. forgetting. Uh, then Miro cut a promo looking like the Miro of old, uh, saying because. Chuck Taylor didn't return. He's going to give people what they want. Destruction. People have been asking for it, and it's going to happen. Game over. So, look well, cool. Look better, like the old killer Miro. He better deliver now. He has yeah. to deliver. Love this promo. This is what we need. Yeah. Justin Lopez. Great week for Lashley and his sister, Caster. His sister. I don't get it. I don't get it. One of Lashley's sisters? Oh, Max know. Caster played one of Lashley's sisters. I think that's what uh, Did uh, was he? a reference. I, well, based I on that comment, I think that's what he meant. Yeah, one of them was pretty yoked. I remember you seeing one, of them. Yeah. so that might have been Max Caster. Yeah. So finally, main event: Hangman, Hangman Page, and John Silver versus Matt Hardy and Mark Quinn. Uh, the finish of the match: uh, uh, Page getting distracted by Hardy, uh, and Quinn got pinned. So, uh, yeah, hmm. uh, Page getting the pin. 
over uh, Mark Quinn to win the match. I don't know if this should have been the main event, like you said, going into the pay-per-view, right? Mm -hmm. But I feel if I crap on this, then, like, I'm crapping on the whole show because it's the main event of a really good show, right? Right. But uh, this show was awesome, though. Tonight, this show, definitely A-plus material, but I did not think this main event should have been here. Mm -hmm. That's why I said the entire time I watched this match, I'm like, something's going to happen. This is not how they're ending it. There's no way they're going to the pay-per-view if this is the last match. There's something, an impromptu match will happen or something will happen. Yeah. You know? I kept thinking. Yeah. This is more yeah. of what we also talk about every week about the show when they go live having to rush off the air. It was another one of those nights where Jim Ross was mid-sentence when they went off the air. And you could even tell by the finishing sequence of this match and the brawl they did after, they were just trying to get as much stuff in as possible toward the end. So yeah. really weird way to finish the show. Yeah. Yeah. After the match, yeah, as you mentioned, there was a brawl, and it ended with Matt Hardy getting the better of Hangman Page and just hitting him repeatedly in the head with a microphone. Uh, but finally, again, it was, it was Hardy and him, though. Right. Yeah. I, yeah, it's an undercard match that yes. was the go-home angle for the show. So Yes. But yeah, I, again, it's, it's weird to crap on that when it was such a great show. It really was such yeah. a great show. It, guys, if I'm scoring this from one to ten, I'm definitely giving this a nine, nine and a half even, maybe. Yeah. What I love about this show is it started at a high, and I don't think they let up. It just stayed that way throughout, and I really enjoyed watching this. Yeah. And the match was good. Let's be clear. The match was very sure. good, the main event. Of course it was. All the performers were really good. But it's just the, again, I'm a big believer in you go home on a pay-per-view with your main angle if you could. Your, your main draw. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Finn Abs with the Super Chat saying, I was going to use this Super Chat to ask Issa to marry me, but she's not. since she's not on tonight, I'll ask Raj instead. Uh, AEW is awesome. <laughs> what do you say, Raj? <laughs> I'm taken, guys. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> um, One of these days. <laughs> now Matt Morgan needs a, a marriage proposal. I will officiate this wedding for free, by the way, if either of them say yes. <laughs> what a guy thank you <laughs> all right so alfred uh well why don't we talk about this first before we get to uh, nxt of rumors that nxt will be moving to tuesday nights starting april 12th i believe uh it's the week after wrestlemania um definitely God. this this will definitely happen this has been talked about so long now and where there's smoke there's fire sometimes in wrestling where there's smoke there isn't fire right it's just websites trying to get y'all to click on their stuff. Um, but this is, uh, no, I think this is real. I think this will definitely happen. It's very smart. All across the board, this is a smart move. It's just, it's yeah. weird to me that when Raw was getting slaughtered by Nitro, they never even considered, or, you know, they were never serious consideration going to another night. And, and it was way more important to their business for Raw to do well, and they still didn't do it. But they're doing it for NXT when it doesn't really the ratings don't really matter as much for NXT. Right, but it's a USA Network thing. That's the thing. They're not necessarily doing this on their own accord. They would keep NXT on forever if they could. But NBC um, Sports shut down, and when that happened, there was speculation that this is what was going to have to happen because they need somewhere to put hockey. So this wasn't you know it's going to be painted kind of as like WWE running and tucking their tails. They were kind of forced out of uh, USA Network more than they left USA Network. I mean, you know, the Wednesday nights, but I really do think this is going to be good for WWE in terms of growing that product. I think they have more potential to grow 
uh, with NXT on its own night than even AEW does. Right. Just because of the resources they have behind them to promote this. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, a little correction. It's April 13th would be the the first uh, day. Um, but the weird thing is this would be the first time that WWE is – it's like there's no way other way to frame it than that they lost and they had to change nights. They got their asses kicked. If I'm AEW, I'm jumping all over this and saying that, obviously, in the first the first episode it happens. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if there's some uh, some cheap, cheap shots there. I mean, Cody again. Uh, you could read the article at Wrestling Inc., but Cody, uh, Cody took some shots at it. He used uh, Triple H's marathon, not a sprint words back at him. So. I don't want AEW to get too cocky now. Don't you know? Listen, they're in the winning ways right now, but this is pride cometh before the fall. And if you remember how cocky WCW was before beating WWE, like a lot of beats of this war are reminding me of that. <laughs> yeah, like if they say, "Well, SmackDown's moving to Tuesday." I mean, uh, uh, NXT is moving to Tuesday because SmackDown's moving to Wednesdays. Then that, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. that's something you don't want. <laughs> yeah. Uh, King Rail with the $10 super chat. Thank you. Uh, saying if WWE decides to go Bobby Brock at Mania or down the road, how can WWE get Paul back with Brock? MVP and Paul promos could be epic. Only asking because yeah. how well Roman looks with Paul. I mean, they could just have um, Brock on Raw and Roman on SmackDown and they never really intersect until you uh, need, until you need very, to Very easy to do. Very easy to write for. Paul Heyman's always going to be associated with Brock Lesnar in real life and in storyline mode. Um, it works. I would love that setup, though. Wouldn't you guys MVP promos versus Heyman? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. <clears throat> yeah, I think that would be great. Two um, beasts just standing there with their arms folded in the background, beaming <laughs> holes through each other. <laughs> uh, Mr. Botsky's at the two. Yeah. Hall of Fame worthy Matt Morgan to AEW. Matt, you got a scoop for us? All a shame. <laughs> um, but thank you very much, Mr. Botsky. Very nice of you. And JJ Smith saying, Angle, Kurt Angle, he's part of Conrad's, uh, Conrad's Pods, and he's a free agent, but he's a Hall of Famer already. Again, they said Hall right. of Fame worthy, he's not right. he's already in. Unless, yeah, well, yeah, yeah I think, I'm sure he's also in the Observer Hall of Fame. And finally, Nathaniel Cook, before we get to NXT with the 299 Super Chat, thank you. Uh, much Thanks, appreciated. Daniel. Thank you, Nathaniel. All right, Alfred. Okay, so we go to WWE NXT. It opens with Champa and Thatcher versus <laughs> Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch. This is supposed to be MSK, yeah. but MSK's hurt. Uh, we saw an inset promo where backstage Champa and uh, Thatcher are saying that the uh, you know champions don't have any bollocks. Uh, this is actually a pretty good match. Very athletic. The guys worked hard. They did this spot where they all fell down after a series of strikes. Imperium appears at the top of the stage, which distracts Tommaso Champa. Who gets pulled down, and then after taking out Champa, um, Loni, uh, Oni Lorkin, and Danny Borch hit their double team suplex DDT finisher on Thatcher for the win. What did you guys think so about I'm, this? I'm just gonna say, if you could have, you could not have possibly chosen three out of four guys on this roster that I could be more bored with than three of these four tag team yeah. tag team wrestlers tonight. And to make it better, they brought Imperial out, Imperial, whatever the hell their name is, out there. <laughs> who I'm also incredibly bored with. There is a vanilla as vanilla can get, except except when the, the uh, what's his name? The, their leader. Um, come uh, on. Walter. Uh, uh, Walt, Walter. Except when Walter's in it. That's it. Other than that, they're vanilla as hell too to me. 
um, this was a lot of vanilla for me. I'm just being honest. I agree. I think Thatcher brings Ciampa down. Um, it just makes him seem boring. I, I'm, I'm with you, Matt. I could not, I could not, I did not care who won this match. I could care less. God, no. Yeah. These yeah, were guys no. were enhanced. These guys were no offense to them, but like enhancement talents when I was wrestling. Everybody at some point has been that, by the way, to be clear, but they don't physically look any different. As I couldn't think a, of a worse match to to go against Shaq. Yeah, you kidding me? For action no. wise, it was it was really good. If if that's no. all you care about, it was really strong, uh, strong action wise. But if if you're trying to put something against Shaq's debut on national TV, such a boring looking dudes wearing wrestling trunks like this could not. I don't know. This just screamed vanilla to me. So I kept thinking, vanilla, vanilla. Oh wait, there's an interruption. Oh yeah, more vanilla. <laughs> This was, yeah, it's very weird the dynamic that was set during these first two segments because it was like WWE versus NWA, but NXT was in the role of NWA. Like, this was the grappling kind of classic, you know, your grandfather's wrestling compared to the sports entertainment that was going on on the other channel with the celebrity in the ring and this ripped woman and just the spectacle. So they out, WWE got out WWE in this segment. Yeah. I, 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 I'd say that AEW d- does that almost every week with NXT. Yes, they do. They create a spectacle more than WWE does. Yes, they do. Yeah, it looks lively. It's colorful. They got the better promos with, you know, you got Jericho and MJF and the entertainment. Yep. And, yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's that segment. And then we get into the next segment. It is Roderick Strong coming out to address Adam Cole. He's pissed off. He wants Adam Cole to come out, but instead he gets Finn. Finn says that Adam's not coming for you, and he challenges Adam Cole for the NXT title next week. That's how you get Adam Cole to come out. Uh, And then he said that Roderick Strong will always be a follower. This leads to a brawl and a pull apart uh, between Roderick Strong and Finn Balor. Hmm. This is okay. And to be fair, I've got to go back and watch it, if I'm being honest. But – um. This was this was good. This was obviously much better than the last segment. But then again, this podcast, I can't even think of something. Just the worst segment possible was better than the first segment. So, low bar. There, there is just something with me with Finn Balor in this NXT run that just hasn't been exciting. No, no of course not. No. And he was the his, the first NXT run he had was great. Mm-hmm. You know, and he he would do the demon thing a lot, and um, but just this this run, I just. Do not care. He's, they've just turned him into another guy. A great working guy, but another guy. Yes. Yeah, I like how serious he was just compared to what he was on the main roster and the fact that they do seem to take time with this character. But the demon is just the best version of Finn Balor, and I just cannot get excited about Finn Balor in general knowing his potential as the demon. I just always see what could That's have been. That's the problem. You cannot put that genie back in the bottle. You yeah. Cannot. Mentally, you can't. So we head to the Central Florida Psychiatric Center, ladies and gentlemen. This is our first of many therapy sessions with The Way. We are greeted by Dr. Linda Nicoli. So it's not Dr. Shelby. It's this kind of middle-aged woman who um, is counseling Austin Theory. Theory says, this doesn't look like Chuck E. Cheese. Uh, and then he, um, there's a lot of references by Indy about how much she likes Dexter Loomis. She says that with the right guy, uh, could be great to be locked in a room for three days. And she's doodling something that says Mrs. Indy Wrestling Loomis, which Johnny finds. He freaks out so much that he gets kicked out of the room. And that's the first segment. Johnny Gargano gets kicked out by Dr. Nikolai uh, in the therapy session, leaving just three members of the way. What did you guys think about this? 
I was okay with this. I got to go again. I got to go back and watch it to be fair and give it my full attention this time. But again, I'm in favor of any outside the box type of thinking and promos and, and segments. And that's what this was. So uh, I thought this was good. Yeah. Look, I, I always am a fan when they try to bring in some entertainment. Um, I, I, this, these, these segments didn't really do it for me, but I, I like that they're trying. Yeah, they were like off-location, cinematic-type segments. So one more thing I want to add to this. They've got to be careful. I know the goal is to give uh, uh, Austin and then uh, um, uh, um, uh, Indy Hartwell the rub here. I get that. But they've got to be careful. They still need to be the sizzle to Johnny's steak. Mm -hmm. Johnny still needs to be the nuts and bolts, the meat and potatoes of all their segments still, in my opinion, with them sprinkled in. The only my only problem with this is a little too much Indy Hartwell when we're not emotionally invested in her fully just yet. We're getting there. We're digging her. It's like we're digging theory. I'm really digging theory. But we're getting there. We're getting there where they get to carry the bigger part of the segment. And st- until then, it still needs to be Johnny carrying the ball a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, Nathaniel Cook with the 299 Super Chat saying, Johnny G and Austin Theory, NXT Tag Team Champions. The way. I, I'm not opposed to that. That's not bad. Yeah. What's wrong yeah. with that? Yeah. I think that's a great idea, actually. It, it, yeah, if there's it, a title, it, they it really need... spark. Yeah. They need to get that North American title off Johnny Gargano. I think I'd rather see him in the NXT Tag Division because they were referencing how loaded the NXT North American Division is, and they're right. But if that guy's your champion doing all this comedy with the way, maybe they should be Tag Team Champions. Right. Yeah, exactly. Do we have no, okay, so we have uh, Cameron Grimes backstage with William Regal. He's just showing all the money that he has. He says he's got Kiss My Grits money. Uh, and he's trying to pay Regal off, but Regal says that he's going to be facing Bronson Reed tonight. Then trying get, to, he's yeah. trying to pay off Regal. Just that. He went, just, that <laughs> just that's funny. That's so funny. Sorry. What, what do you guys think with the Cameron Grimes stuff? It, it's grown on me. Oh, for Jeff, sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. my! I God. loved it from the beginning. It's Alfred's favorite thing in wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think he's I think he's great. Like I didn't like him when uh, when they did the whole Halloween Havoc stuff with that whole horror, horror movie stuff. It was silly, but this is hitting right now. Yeah, yeah. I really like this gimmick. I feel like he's yes. the most entertaining thing on the show. Yes, and different than Karrion Cross. I, I really like Karrion Cross as well, but uh, yes, most entertaining. Uh, JJ Smith saying, Matt, sorry for going off topic, but I was there live for your in ring TNA debut in Lowell at Lockdown 08. Marked hard when you joined Team Cage. Nice. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you for saying that. That place was packed, right? JJ Smith wasn't that place like full, full. Like it was pretty cool. Man, you look at some of those old TNA shows that they had. I remember when you first went, you, when TNA first went to Spike and, and they did a live show from Vegas and Monty Brown and there were just some of these acts that were just really hot. Yep. It's, it's just too bad. Um, Yammy Yam saying, just wanted to thank Raj and Glenn for the info on keeps via t- Twitter DM. Alfred, what up, my brother? Good to see you. What up, Matt? Keep it up, fellas. Well, thank What's you, up, man. Yami? What's going on, Yami? Thank you. Our next match is Ember Moon versus Aaliyah. Real quick, I, I, I do got to say this, because Trevor Snook uh, did this message saying, Cameron Grimes going broke soon. I think he should keep this gimmick up on the main roster. Uh, yeah. Yeah, like he should not go broke. Like I, you normally, traditionally, that would be the story, but I don't think he should. No, I agree. Sure. I want this to go for a while, but they are kind of teasing that that's where it's going because he just keeps spending all this money. You always see the visual of him losing the money. Right. So, 
And then finally, J.J. Smith uh, noting that there were about 8,000 people in attendance that night Whew. in Lowell. Does yeah. that sound right? Yeah, it was packed. It was all the way up to the top, too. My oh. family was there that lives in Boston. Nice. So Ember Moon versus Lee was a fine match. Uh, the finish came when Robert Stone gets on the apron. Uh, Shotzi Blackheart comes in and she takes out Jessica Maya and Robert Stone with the double clothesline, which leads to Ember Moon hitting the total eclipse on Aaliyah for the win. This was good from what I was able to watch, right? This seemed really good. Again, I can't wait to go back and watch it. This was something I was looking forward to. Yeah, I I, I agree. I, I think Aaliyah is getting much better. Um, she's improving. That's so. what that's what I that's my takeaway from this too. Yeah. We go backstage with Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher. Uh, Thatcher is explaining his history with Imperium, but Tha- uh, but uh, he gets cut off by Ciampa, who says that Imperium is just that the past. Yeah. The hell was that? <laughs> Did you guys uh, like the second? Uh, I mean, without Walter, there they kind of are right. Yeah. They're just they're just kind of nameless guys without Walter. They're jobbers without him. No offense. Yeah, yeah it's just you're kind of waiting for Walter to come back because it's just not enough with these three guys. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, Stephen Marchichuli saying, what's the big, bigger money match, the Fiend versus the Demon or Brock versus Karrion Cross? Does Cross hurt? Uh, does Cross selling hurt his gimmick? Yes, I, 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 I don't like him selling at all. Not not because he can't do it, but just because I think he should still be indestructible at this point. Yeah, when he has to, like I thought the way he did it with Keith Lee, that was perfect, you know, uh, last summer. Uh, but bigger money match, Brock versus Cross, uh, you know, anything with Brock usually. Yeah, definitely. So we get a UFC-style video package between Tony Storm and Io Shirai. It's just they're going back and forth with these interviews while showing highlights. The thread here is basically Tony saying that Io Shirai can't beat her, and then Io Shirai saying she's not scared. She needs to beat Tony Storm to submit her legacy. I really like this. Yeah, me too. This is good storytelling. Very good storytelling, actually. I always like when they. Attention. Yeah, I always like when they do these more UFC-style fight type of uh, hype videos and, and packages and even the interviews like they, they did with, uh, uh, with Kyle O'Reilly and Finn Balor. When you treat pro wrestling like a sport, there's not much things that are more entertaining for me to watch. And I think that's like that for most wrestling fans. The UFC stole our frigging formula and do it better than us now. Yeah. I don't know why we allowed it to happen. We watch it happen. Excuse yeah. me. We watch it happen. And we don't try to take it back. I don't get. Right. I don't understand it. And Matt, to your point, because it's not just not just good sportsman sports, but also like talking trash. And UFC, the yes. talk, the guys who are talking trash at the higher level are far and beyond pro wrestling. Like Conor right. McGregor, obviously. Yes. Um, so yeah. So we get the announcement that they're going to actually have this match next week, Tony Storm versus Yo Shirai for the NXT Women's Championship. So they're really loading up that show for next week. Um, I, hope, I hope Tony Storm wins. Yeah, I could see it. Yeah. I, I, could, I mean, I think it's time for Yo Shirai to go to the main roster. Yeah. It's been, yeah. Um, real quick, Jack Callen saying, my Facebook advertised WWE Live and won in Australia this year. Uh, takeaway on that. I mean, that, that, I think that flyer is old because um, it had Kyrie Sane on it. It had uh, Becky Lynch. Um, 
so I just think it's an old flyer that they had originally uh, set the date for you know this year and they just haven't updated it. But you know Australia they're really strict with you know letting people in the country. Yeah. Uh, Bear Hudson with the five dollars super chat saying Santos Escobar is a star in the making. The expensive suits, not being afraid of carrying cross. Uh, a lot of similarities between Alberto Del Rio. Love what they did with him tonight. Yeah. There are. I, I think Santos has a bigger ceiling, as crazy as that may sound. To some, I think his ceiling is bigger than uh, Del Rio's, actually. The only thing I think that might hurt him is his size on the main roster. We, we see that time you don't and think time his again. Char- you, you don't, we do, but you don't think his character is so big. He yeah. plays big. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah. I don't look at him as a little yeah. guy. I know what you mean. I know. I should because he physically is. Raj, you're right. Yeah, because like Angel, I just think of Angel Garza, right? Like he had that, he had that really great swagger and you know yes. the, the cockiness, and they're doing nothing with him. That's not his fault. It's their fault. Yeah. He did yeah. not. He did not come across as small when he was doing that. Like he mm-hmm. kept. Like he felt like a. He didn't feel like a, a tiny wrestler. He didn't feel undersized to me when he was doing that. If you can have such an entertaining act that all you're thinking about is that character's character and persona and the storyline, you're not really dialed into how small they are. That's is what I worry about with what's his name, um, the head of uh, um, the leader of uh, what do you call it? Uh, God dang it, guys! I'm getting old. Um, Imperium. Come on, Walter. No, they weren't on. Adam uh, Cole? Adam Cole, baby. Yeah, so Adam Cole is an example of this. We're worried about him being undersized and how they'll use him, and we think that he'll be okay because he's so talented. But I I will argue, and you're going to think I'm nuts for this, I think Santos Escobar does a better job of hiding his size because of his persona, his character, his charisma. It plays big, whereas, you know, his is not so much. You know, what I, mean? I don't know if I'm making that, if I'm pontificating that properly, but I don't know. I just think this dude is a huge star. I don't think the size will hold him back. WWE will hold him back if he goes to the main roster. And like you said, Raj, they screw him over and don't do right by him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I never really even thought about his size until this very moment. And I mean, Eddie Guerrero is a pretty short guy too. And I mean, mm-hmm. you just, as long as WWE is able to accentuate people's strengths, it's really not going to matter about his size. But they have a hard time doing that. with, with Yeah, they really I do. I did notice Eddie Guerrero's size when he was in the ring with Rock. I did notice it then. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until years later, as good as Eddie always was, is that I, I stopped looking at him as a cruiserweight. Honestly. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His character got so big and just so freaking great. And you didn't give a crap. You weren't noticing these things anymore. Right. And Nathaniel Cook with the 499 Super Chat saying, big fan of you guys. Future booking idea. Montez Ford wins the Royal Rumble and chooses to face Roman Reigns at next year's WrestleMania. Big money match. So, Nathaniel, I'm right there with you as far as being a humongous Montez Ford, Mark. He screams singles superstar. Super duper duper star, for that matter. Huge. I, I, I believe that. I think a lot of people do. Um... I don't know if that's all going to happen, what you said there, but there is no reason, though, guys. If you're looking straight up on talent, charisma, the whole package, he's got it. He, he's got it in spades. Yeah, so I can absolutely I hope, I, Raj, I said this the other night on the show. I hope – I can't wait to see him super kick his partner through the barbershop window. Right? <laughs> and just, you know, sorry, Dawkins, but, like, you know, later. 
Yeah, no, Montez Ford is money. Uh, yeah. So we've got Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai versus Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler for the WWE Women's Tag Team titles. They're basically working over Dakota Kai until she hot tags to Raquel Gonzalez, who just goes wild, um, gets out of her rear naked from Shayna Baszler. The finish comes, and it's very weird. Raquel Gonzalez tags herself back in. She tackles Nia Jax over the table, but then there's a rear naked by Shayna Baszler to Dakota Kai, who's the illegal woman. Adam Pierce, of all people, comes out, and he... Sends a referee out to call the bell, which they do. Uh, Baszler and Jax win. The NXT announcers are incensed because they're making it known that Dakota Kai was not the legal woman. So they're saying Adam Pierce is up to something. Um, what did you guys think about this match and these developments? Great attention to detail. I love the fact they're calling out for being the illegal person. That's exactly what we all were thinking. I, I like that. I like that dose of realism. Do you think this might lead to like a, a three-way at WrestleMania where they do... Um, uh, uh, Nia and Shayna versus a team from Raw, a team from SmackDown, and then also, so I guess it would be a four-way, and then also Raquel and Dakota again, since they they have a, a gripe on they didn't actually lose-lose, I guess. What I think... think no, go Sorry. ahead, Matt. Uh, I was going to say, I, you don't think I'm nuts. That, that'd be great, but I'm sorry, Raquel Gonzalez is a singles star, so I'm, I would rather wait let Mania come and go. Bring her up the day after Mania. So later on in the night, there's a segment with William Regal, and he said there's going to be a landscape-shifting announcement made next week. And what I think that's going to be is the NXT Women's Tag Team titles. So I think Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai <clears throat> are going to maybe have those titles. But, I mean, if you're saying it's a landscape-shifting decision, maybe the story is that they don't want Raw coming in and making the decisions about their matches, so they need NXT titles so that – all the NXT is under their jurisdiction. I think that's why they had Adam Pierce come out because then they showed Adam Pierce arguing with William Regal later on the night. Okay, I don't hate that. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I don't know if that's landscaping, but um, yeah, yeah, we'll see. So we get another therapy segment. I believe no, this is not the last one. This is the second to last one. Uh, Indy is continuing to make remarks about how much she likes Dexter. She wants to be friends with benefits with Dexter. Uh, she likes when he gets weird. Uh, Johnny is texting Candice LeRae from the outside, so she's just repeating a bunch of things that he's texting her. And Doctor Nikolai lets him in after she realizes this. He asks if anybody ordered Uber Eats. She kicks everybody out now instead of Austin, except Austin Theory. And she sits down with Austin Theory and she says, "So what exactly?" were you doing those three days with Dexter Loomis? And then we get a to be continued. That was a good cliffhanger at the end, I thought. Um, this was good. This was better than the first one. Yeah, I'll have to watch it again. I actually missed this one, so I'll have to watch it Yeah. Again. So, yeah, this one was – you didn't really miss much with this one. It really set up to what happens next. Right. But then we get into a Swerve Scott backstage. Uh, they do this heel promo with him. He's in the studio, and he's talking about um, Leon Ruff. He says this dude seems to luck up and win these North American title matches when Swerve just has to grind. He says he's dangerous and savage, and he says Swerve is just different, and I don't <laughs> care anymore. I, I, I like his verbiage. I like the words he was using. I know that sounds kind of like a marquee thing to say, but – just, I don't know how he talks. He just seems cooler than everyone else. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, I didn't care for the promo itself, but I thought he looked really? the part. Like he looked yes. like a star there. So I thought it was, I thought it was pretty cool. I think if he just works on his promos more, he could get there. See, yeah. I liked, I didn't think it was a world beater promo, but I did like this promo. Yeah. 
It wasn't fantastic, but it was good. Yeah. Uh, Bear Hudson with the $5 Super Chat saying, did anyone watch the Big Eve 24 doc on the network? And is that I a did. sign of a slow build towards a match with Roman Reigns at SummerSlam? Great story. Uh, Matt? No, hang on. Um, I did see it. It was really good. Well done. Shoot all. They, they tell the story. What the hell? I'm so sorry. I thought my camera was on. <laughs> I apologize, guys. Um, uh, I, I, this was a really good segment. A segment show on the, the network, and they showed him like doing all these power lifting. His relationship with Cena. Uh, Cena, th- uh, if he was able to bench 500 plus pounds, he was going to get him on this documentary at the time when he was still in NXT. What a big deal that was to Biggie at the time. But like, it talked about his football dreams. I mean, this dude went from like amateur wrestling to freaking getting a scholarship to go to Iowa Hawkeyes play football. Like, I didn't know that about him. That is major, 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 like NFL level football folks. Like to be able to, you know, that school and play. Um, Anyways, it was a great story. His real life story was awesome. And here's the thing, Raj, you've seen this, and I'm sure you have too, Alfred. They do these, like, like no offense, Liv Morgan had one, and it went nowhere. Right. So, like, I, I hope that's not the case here. I, I, I still think they're behind the curve when it comes to Big E. He should be well past the intercontinental level at this point in the game. Like, do you remember, like, when Kofi got to, like, the world championship? Mm-hmm. material feel like like everyone was trying to see this big match where he becomes the champion eventually right. like it just went from the the, the uh, new day to him being the singles act fighting for the world championship like if there was anybody in that group that deserves or that is believable of just skipping to the head of the line outside uh, leaving the three-man group like that it's big e mm-hmm. he doesn't have to climb he doesn't have to steadily climb We've seen enough from him. We know everything there is to know about him. We don't need any more emotional investment. He, we're there. We're, we're all there for him already. We're there. We love him. We want to see him do it already. So anything less than him wrestling for the title, I get very frustrated with. Yeah. yeah. I remember we were, I mean, we had fantasy book on a weekly basis on Biggie turning on Kofi. And, oh, and my God. Do you remember that? Match. Yes. <laughs> all the time we were calling it, like, this should happen here. Right? Yeah. We were all, yes. <laughs> This really was a great uh, documentary. Really a good showcase of Biggie as just a superstar. I like the idea that he's really an introverted guy. He's shy in real life, but know, they just say when they turn those lights on, it, you just see him just come out of his shell, and that's why he's so good at what he does because he just pours his heart into it. Yeah. And I like how he uses his celebrity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's yeah. got a lot of great stuff going on right now. Yes, he does. Yeah, Our Heroes Rock, that project's really cool. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So original, too. And I was a huge I think we all were as kids. I didn't think they, though, in my head, I'm like, you guys are too young for this shit. You don't really remember Schoolhouse Rock. You're oh, all yeah. way too young. No, that was my childhood. <laughs> 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 Schoolhouse Rock is dope. Uh, so we get into L.A. Knight. He comes out and delivers a promo. He's got some new uh, entrance theme and everything. Uh, he said he's waited a long time to say, let me talk to you. His famous yeah. words, he said, Tom Brady wishes he was half the man of L.A. Knight. He <laughs> talks about fancy flips and dives. He says, L.A. Knight will beat the hell out of all of them. Uh, Name <laughs> guys like Adam Cole and Tommaso Ciampa. And then he says, don't call me the goat. Just call me L.A. Knight. Does his facts of life. Catchphrase. And then he kind of hangs around as Bronson Reed comes out to face Cameron Grimes. Uh, but what did you guys think about the L.A. Knight promo? Are you kidding me? Like, this dude is such a rock star. It's not even funny. He is such a frigging stud, like ready to go, 
You could put him. I, I know you think it's hyperbole, but it's not. I think you could steal a main event with him on Raw SmackDown tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah. You just have him cut a promo at the opening of the show. That's he'll, it. he'll sell you. Yes, he will. He's awesome. Uh, I don't like the name LA Knight still. It still yeah. sounds like a college, you know, like an XFL uh, trademark that they that they weren't able to use. It just as soon as I hear it, LA Knight, you know, because the LA part, if it was LE or anything else, but, but he's from he's in Los Angeles. Like he can pull that Hollywood crap off, I think. He can. I just, yeah, the name does sound like a sports team. It's very distracting of a name. I, right. It sounds yeah. like a guy's name. It also sounds like a female porn star's name, if we're being completely <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, it does. You're right. Now that I think about it. But, but still, he can pull this off. Yeah, oh, for sure. I mean, it's not going to hurt his chances. The guy cuts world beater promos. He did it tonight. These promos are reminiscent of the stuff you'd see during the Monday Night Wars. Um, Absolutely, and he's yeah. got the look. He's he's got it all. He, he needs to get jacked. out of NXT. He's jacked. He can wrestle in the ring. Yeah. He doesn't have a weakness. Yeah, he and should be in NXT. Playing to people's strength. His greatest strength is his talking, and I like that they're just featuring him in talking segments week after week to get you excited for his eventual first match. Right. Yes, sir. Do you still call him Eli Drake, or do you call him LA Knight now? I, I find it a hard time to call him LA Knight. I still call him Eli Drake, but eventually I'll... I, I hated it. I told him this. I hated Eli. I go, you don't look like an Eli. Do you know what an Eli looks like? An Eli's like seven foot two, skinny, fat person <laughs> from like West Virginia in the middle of nowhere. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't look at him as an Eli. He's polished looking. He's like, he looks more of, in my opinion, in L.A., than he does in Eli. Eli? Think of the name Eli. Come on, be honest. Eli? <laughs> Sorry to all the Eli's. Uh, yeah, yeah. My apologies to <laughs> Eli's Eli. In the chat. Okay. Uh, show yourself. <laughs> and for the record, when they wanted to use, listen, when they wanted to use my name, Matt Morgan, in WWE, I hated it. I was like, no, my name's the worst. No, it's so average. No, 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 no. It's like, you run tough enough. We can't just like pretend that didn't happen. You, yeah. you know what I mean? Because I thought I wanted like to be like the Mass Marauder or like, you know, some some. Not that that's a cool name, but some cool wrestling name. Not your real name. Like you think your real name sucks, just like you think your voice sucks. I don't know how you guys think. I hate my voice and I hate my name. Yeah, I, I can't listen to the podcast that I'm on because I hate my voice. Same, I'm the same way. I'm the same way. I can't stand my Throw voice. Me in there. Uh, gee, saying Eli as an Eli man, he could have been uh, Peyton Knight. Oh, there you go. I guess they already got a Peyton. I will point out Eli was like the lesser brother. Got two Super Bowls. He's got the same amount of Super Bowls as his brother. I'm just saying. But... Still the jabron in the family. No offense. <laughs> so we go to Bronson Reed versus Cameron Grimes. This was a su- pleasant surprise. Cameron Grimes uh, tries, of course, to buy his way out of this match, but Bronson Reed doesn't take him up on that. Uh, Bronson goes for a dive to the outside, but here comes L.A. Knight with the interference. Grimes gets the cave in for the win, which I was very glad Cameron Grimes won this match. Uh, pretty much his first match since coming back. So what did you guys think about this? Good first. It's going to be a good first uh, little, you know, quick angle uh, for L.A. Knight after this, right? That's what this was all set up for. This was good storytelling. This was perfect storytelling, quite frankly. we got to give them credit for this because you're killing two birds with one stone. You're setting L.A. Uh, LA Knight up for something that, yeah, okay, it's not like this huge main event angle. It doesn't need to be. When do you see LA Knight run through people? So line them up, starting off with this guy, right? And this sets yeah. it up for it. While at the same time, our boy Cameron Grimes gets a win. Yeah. Great stuff. 
Oh, I agree. Uh, and uh, I'd watch them beat LA Knight. <laughs> They've done uh, that kind of stuff before. Uh, LA Knight versus Miz on the mic could be very entertaining. And uh, yeah, that's there's it. a difference between them, though. LA Knight's I'd... like a main event. Uh, Miz oh. is comical. Well, I no, he's just saying, what about them against each other? He's not comparing them. Um, he's saying LA Knight, what about LA Knight versus the Miz? I don't want to see them wrestle. I would yeah. like to see him being interviewed on Miz's talk show where he just completely yeah. chumps and jabrones the hell out of Miz and burns him because I think he could and he would. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Bear Hudson with the $10 Super Chat saying, watching Lashley win the WWE title made along with MVP and the Hurt Business made me feel proud of the diversity so far in WWE so far. Uh, how should we book Lashley and Drew with both looking like baby faces? Uh, I'll be honest, Bear Hudson. I'm not proud of them. I'm pissed at them for taking so freaking long to give Bobby Lashley the world championship. He's been championship material for years, plural now. Plural years, and uh, I'm happy he got it. He got it finally. I'm. Ex- you could see it meant the world to him. I congratulated him. It does mean a lot to him. But at the same time, this was years, uh, z- yeah. years in the in the making. Seventeen and, uh, to be exact. Yeah. It's BS because he has everything Vince McMahon. Like again, he's a Vince McMahon wet dream come true. There's no reason he shouldn't have been the guy. For many, many years ago. It makes no sense to me. It's never made sense to me, except for maybe he's too nice of a guy backstage. Maybe that's it. Yeah, I mean, that them MVP coming back at last year's Royal Rumble turned out to be such a, a blessing in disguise. Right? It, it, it oh did give him that extra uh, oomph. That extra oomph. Yeah, exactly. That, that got yeah. him to this level. So, yeah. I, look, I, I kind of. We saw the ratings this past Monday. They were they held up really well throughout the the show, which better the best it's held in a long time. Yeah. So if they continue, I could see them easily calling an audible and not having Drew. Win. I would. Yeah. The plan I, I, on I paper seems to be Lashley goes into WrestleMania as champion and Drew beats him. Right. But the right. more we get closer to WrestleMania, the less I think that's a good idea. And that is a good question. Who's the babyface? Like in WWE's universe. Lashley's going to be the heel in terms of how they're telling the right. story. When he shows up to Raymond James Stadium, that's going to be one of the hottest guys in the building. So they might have to call an audible. Yeah, we'll I, see. We'll have to see. Yeah. I so hope they get, do. I hope they do, and I hope he wins. Because yeah. then that does get us to potentially maybe Brock. Yeah. We get uh, this is where. Pierce and William Regal are arguing backstage, uh, and then Regal makes his announcement. Then we get a segment with Caden Carter. Um, she says that Casey Canzero has a torn ACL, so we're not going to be seeing her for a while. So she yeah. says she took my girl out, so now she's going to take out Zia Lee. Before good we stuff. move forward, do you guys have That's a guess as to what you think this landscape-changing announcement is for NXT? What do you think no. Regal is? It's probably women's tag team titles. I could definitely see that. Yeah. Unless it's like they get a, they're in the match at WrestleMania. But They do need it. They do need these women's tag team titles. It's such a stacked women's division. Mm-hmm. It gets them on... It gives them more meaning to be on the show. Yeah. Um, there's so many good uh, women wrestlers. So this gets more of them in the ring, if you will, mm-hmm. at once at one time. You're going from having a singles to having guaranteed four women in the ring at the same time that are really, really good. Yeah. So I hope that's what it is. Yeah. So we get our final payoff to this therapy segment, and uh, it's – just down to Austin Theory and Dr. Nikolai. 
So um, she asked him, tell me what happened. He says he had a great time. He was in a small room. The windows boarded up. Talked about watching cartoons. He doesn't know why Dexter Loomis brought him back out of being kidnapped. And Nikolai says that she spoke with Dexter Loomis herself. Dexter said he couldn't wait to get rid of you. You're the most obnoxious person he's ever been around. Uh, your eating habits and your fashion are atrocious. Mediocre abdominal section. So then Austin starts crying. Uh, the Garganos come back in the room and they say that Dr. Nikolai is a monster for saying that. Then it's revealed after everybody leaves that Johnny Gargano was paying Dr. Nikolai this whole time. These therapy segments were just a ruse designed to get Austin Theory to think that Dexter Loomis does not like him. Hmm. Uh, uh, why, remind me again, maybe I missed this. <laughs> but could you please remind me again, why does he think he likes him to begin with? They're telling the story with Austin Theory where he's somehow enamored with Dexter Loomis. We don't know what happened still. Uh, even the, Dr. Nicolai's testimony was found to be false. So we don't know what happened. But for whatever reason, Austin Theory likes Dexter Loomis and the way he doesn't want him to like Dexter Loomis. He's a North this, American champion, by the way. Is this supposed to be Stockholm Syndrome or something like that? Ah. Where you fall in love with your captors. I don't. It, it's kind of what it seems like to me. I don't know. Yeah, that's probably what it is. Whatever. Then what's Indy's deal? Why does she love Dexter so much? I don't know. They're getting off the beaten yeah. path with this Johnny Gargano thing. It's too much of a good thing at this point. Yeah. Yes. Uh, JJ Smith pointing out the NXT Evolve second show is happening. That is a, an exclusive we had at Wrestling Inc. last December was that they were working on a an NXT for NXT, basically. So it's going to be more developmental talent. So we were supposed to get Everrise versus Breezango, but Breezango's jumped by Legado del Fantasma. Uh, Wild and Mendoza. Here comes Santos Escobar to beat up Everrise. And then Santos Escobar says that last week, don't take that for weakness. You mess with us, and this is what's going to happen to you. Really good young talent here. Very, very impressive young, really good top-notch young talent. Um, I, I dug this. I like all the talents in this, actually. I agree. I've got, yeah, nothing more to add to that. Good yeah. future for all of them. A great sign for Santos Escobar in that he just got beaten up that three-on-one last week, and immediately they gave him his heat back. Like, they're not doing this for just any cruiserweight champion. They see something in this guy. Yeah, yeah they should be, yes. Then uh, Regal makes his announcement, and we get in the main event. This is Finn Balor versus Roderick Strong. Uh, have a very athletic match. Uh, Roderick Strong is back to his generic music, which is terrible, considering how great the Undisputed Era music was. And they're just going back and forth. Balor eventually counters a fireman carry with a double foot stomp. Hits a running drop pick of the 1916 for the win. Adam Cole stands at the top of the stage, and they go off the air, promoting what really is a big show next week. Uh, they're going to have the NXT Championship. They're going to have the NXT Women's Championship. They're going to have a big announcement from William Regal. So a lot going on next week. There is, and this was this was fine for what it was. It just, I mean, I talked about the beginning of the show being so vanilla. I, I want Roddy to do well. He, he's been a journeyman his career. He's worked very hard to get here. He's vanilla as hell to me, too. I hate I, saying that. I hate I, saying that. I agree. I'm with you. I agree. I mean, I just cannot care. Like, you know it's going to be a good match. You know the in-ring action is going to be great. But you just do not care who wins or who loses. Finn Balor's just been bland to me uh, this run. I just could not get into it. Just yeah. Tough. You know, and these guys work really hard. They have good wrestling matches, but that's not going to be the difference in this company right. in terms of bringing people back. Like, I've seen, I mean, we're pretty much numb to just great wrestling matches on their own merits. You got to bring more to the table. And uh, these two, as good as they were tonight, I c couldn't care less. 
can I just say something what's so ironic in today's generation of wrestling is, yeah, you're right. We're having the best wrestling we've ever seen. Depending on what kind of fan you are, right? Some sure. of us are still older school fans to a degree. We like ring psychology still. But I just, how many times have you heard me week after week say, I also love the high-paced, high-athleticism style wrestling we do have with, you know, I, I don't want to say the Young Bucks invented. Obviously, that's ridiculous. But that 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 they kind of started, though, from what, you know, that, that mm-hmm. high spot, Daredevil, go, 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 spot, 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 up, up, up. Um, non-stop action type of wrestling. I do like that as far as being a former wrestler and, and being an athlete myself. It's impressive as hell for me to watch, and I'm always impressed by it. With that said, though, all these matches are considered, in today's generation, so damn good, right? These are amazing matches, very well-wrestled matches. Top to bottom, better than any other generation. One could make the argument, right? Isn't it ironic, though, that they also have the most lack of character development and depth of any generation of wrestling. Look it up. Yeah. And I'm not saying that's a crap on today's generation. I'm saying it because they really, ha- they have all the wrestling down. Put your time in and energy and your money. Mm-hmm. If you've not made it to WWE yet into a character that makes you different than anybody else that this show has to have you on because you give them something different than anybody else in that roster can possibly give them. That's what young talent should be thinking about right now. What can I offer that nobody else can do on this show? They've done, everything's been pretty played out in wrestling. Everything's been tried for the most part, but as far as characters go, you got to really think and d- dig deep to make yourself different and separate yourself. And, that's what's needed in today's generation. Some of them can do it. Lots of them can do it for what it's worth. But I've never seen such a lack mm-hmm. of depth. There's yeah. a reason why MJF shot to the top of the pack. Thank because you. he's one of the few guys that gets the character aspect. Right. Yeah. Yes. And, and I've had a lot of conversations with people who say, oh, yeah, I used to watch wrestling. It's pretty much the conversation I have whenever I tell people I cover wrestling. And whenever I have the I used to watch wrestling, they never talk about the wrestling. They never say, I remember that great match. They say, oh man, I remember, yeah, I remember (laughs) Mr. Perfect. He used to spit out his gum and the Million Dollar Man had Virgil. It's always a character 100% of the time. It's never, I remember when they used to drop that leg and do that wrist lock. Never. Oh, do you remember that Ricky Drag, the Ricky Steamboat, Ric Flair match? No. No. It's it's always, yeah, no, I agree. It's, well, hey, what was Jake the Snake's Snake's name again? Or, hey, oh, yeah, British Bulldogs. I love the British Bulldog. What was your dog's name? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, exactly. It's those conversations. Yeah. Exactly. I, I went just, and gave it, I gave a story on my addiction again the other day um, to, um, um, what was it, uh, Central Florida Christian Chamber of Commerce, right? So there's a Christian group, and, and I'm up there talking on stage about my how I overcame my addiction. And I'm talking about how growing up, having, you know, idolizing Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan, had posters of them all over my room. I really looked up to him, right? And then someone from the crowd's like, what about JYD? And someone from the other side, I swear to God, go, Jimmy Superfly Snooker. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm, you know what I mean? It just That's how it always is, though. You yeah. guys see it, right? Yeah. That's how it mm-hmm. always is. Because I they do- remember these larger-than-life characters. All right. They'll never I- forget them. Yeah. These were like some older people. Like I was really impressed. They even knew who some of them were. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, we're going long, so I don't want to uh, get into it too much. But like, you watch the Young Rock show, and they have those. Uh, they have these actors playing the old wrestlers, and they don't come close. Yeah, it just shows how no. hard it is to find someone that can match that charisma. Yeah, I mean, the guy playing Randy Savage is just god awful. Oh, 
Yeah, atrocious. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> so that well, it goes off the air. So NXT is that's your NXT report, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Well, I I think that that about does it, guys. Did you have uh, Matt? Did you have anything else? No, sir. Uh, Alfred. Uh, just follow me on Twitter at this is nasty. On Forbes, I'll have an interview with Tony Khan. Ah, very cool. And uh, obviously, check keep checking out wrestling.com. We just had Chava Guerrero. Uh, we've got tons of stuff coming up. And uh, yeah, we, we, we're going to have live coverage of AEW Revolution this Sunday. So keep checking out wrestling.com. Thank you again for checking out the Wrestling Inc. podcast. We'll be back this Friday. Matt Morgan, uh, Issa, and Glenn Rubenstein with the post-Smackdown review. And then we'll be back again uh, this Sunday with the AEW Revolution podcast. It'll be Matt, myself, and Alfred. So the three of us will be covering AEW Revolution this Sunday. So check us out, and thank you again, and we'll see you again soon.